Welcome to our podcast, Forward Through Faith, of Isleta Lutheran Mission Human Care, where the Word of God relates to you. Hey, welcome everyone to another episode of Forward Through Faith from Isleta Lutheran Mission Human Care in El Paso, Texas. My name is Scott Yingle, and I am here today with... So this is Luz Soto. It's such a joy to be with you guys. And we had a special guest last episode with Pastor Luther Allen from Virginia Beach, Virginia. And he is with us today for this episode as well. Pastor Allen, we're so glad that you're here with us. Thank you so much, Luz and Scott. Thank you for the opportunity to be here, coming to you from First Lone Haven Baptist Church in the city of Virginia Beach, Virginia. Just a wonderful opportunity to share the Word of God as we look and see how God's Word touches us in a mighty way as we seek to continue to serve Him uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Pastor, would you like to start us in prayer? Yes, let's pray together. Or would Luz like to start? Oh, wow, okay. Let's come to our mighty Father. And with humbled hearts, Father, we approach you, and we just ask you that you be here with us today, that you bless the conversation that happens, and that you be a part. Father, let it be our mouth, but let it your words be the ones that speak truth for all those who hear. Open hearts, open minds, and give understanding, especially spiritual understanding, Father, on your desire to save each person who hears this word, to change and transform lives so that they can live in abundance of joy and peace and love. Uh, just so, Father, sow those seeds of your word in hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Today we continue our, our series on what is the kingdom of God. And we are focusing on the parables of Jesus. We are in Matthew 13. And the parable that we focus on today is the parable of the wheat and the weeds. Amen. I just want to read uh, two passages. Uh, the first passage will be verses 24 through 30. And I'll drop down and I'll read verse 36 through 43. And here's what you find here there in the text. Jesus presented another parable to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went away. But when the wheat sprouted and bore grain, then the tares became evident also. The slaves of the landowner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, for while you are gathering up the tares, you may uproot the wheat with them. Allow both to grow together until the harvest. In the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather up the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them up, but gather the wheat into my barn. And then coming down to verse 36. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. And he said, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man, and the field is the world. And as for the good seed, these are the sons of the kingdom, and the tares are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. So just as the tares are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness, and will throw them into the furnace of fire. 
In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as a sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Thank you, Pastor. Well, this is kind of a, a little bit of a different, maybe it doesn't quite go with human logic parable to, to let the weeds keep growing and not pulling them out. I, I remember as a kid, one of my chores when I got home from school is that I'd have to go around the yard and, and pluck the dandelions out of the, out of the yard. And, and, and so this is kind of different from what I'm used to. So what's the Word of God trying to tell us in this parable? What is the kingdom of God? It's interesting. This parable, as we were preparing for this, I actually had to spend some time figuring out, you know, what's the deal? Why would someone come along and sow tares? And this is actually an old practice of, of rivals uh, from, the, from the East, where persons would actually throw out these noxious weeds that were uh, very difficult to, to detect because of the way that they grew. Hmm. And, uh, and they really uh, are not edible, uh, and if you eat them, they can even begin to create vomit, vomiting. And so this whole idea of this uh, of, of someone being uh, aligned adamantly against the plan of the sower to sow something good uh, is, in fact, the enemy who wants to spoil uh, and actually sit back and watch what actually happens as this crop uh, is... is the goodness of this crop. It's actually it's, 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 um, interesting. You said something about how it's, it's difficult to see this weed, to know what it is uh, as it grows. And uh, we were looking at this a uh, few weeks back in a Bible study. And one of the things that we uh, looked up is that this particular weed, the tares, they actually look like wheat. They, they look the same. They, they have a very similar look. And the difference is that when the wheat is fully mature, ready to be harvested, it bows down in the weight of the growing heads. But the tares, they don't. They stand up straight. <laughs> and it is a concept of pride and humility. And it is the telling because we are in a world, uh, my pastor um, used to say, he, he, he uh, used to tell me, everywhere that God plants a church, Satan plants a chapel right next door. And it, is, it, is, it would be naive of us not to realize that the enemy even comes into God's house. And it is not our place. I like the fact that the, the man of the field told his servants, do not pull out the tears. Because if they look the same as the wheat while they're still growing, then you're either pulling out wheat or you're pulling out tear. It's a meeny miny mole. It's like, oh, I think this is the tear. You know, and then before you know it, you have a field, half of tares, half of wheat. You lost half of your crop because your servants can't tell the difference between one or the other. So the wisdom of this farmer, this man, is let them grow together, which means that it is not our responsibility to go around looking at others to say, are you a wheat or are you tear? You focus on your growth. You focus on the most important commandment, which is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your mind, all your soul. And you don't judge others in the sense of, are you saved? Did you learn? Did you, do you, do you live? That is something that you encourage 
change when you see that it isn't there through your own living, through your own words spoken. And I just, I find a sense of compassion in this, uh, in this farmer's words. Just let them grow together because you just may hurt one because you're pulling on the other. So it's, it's the thing that um, we once again, as mentioned in the previous episode, we simply be in God's word. We be in the calling that he gave us in the vocation and we keep our focus on him. And we don't do as Peter did. Well, Lord, what about him? I know you're saying that I'm going to end up dying a martyr's death, but what about him? That's none of your business. Your business is to grow in God, you know? We, we need to face the fact that, that we are all sinful, and, and sin is all around us. Um, we also need to face the fact that only Jesus can conquer sin. And in fact, he did. That you and I aren't going to do it. We're not going to do it with somebody that's sitting next to us or uh, you know somewhere else in our in our lives. Jesus is the only one that can conquer sin, and He will on the final day. But the question is, but what do we do in the meantime with these weeds that are amongst us? It's interesting because because one of the things about uh, about parables, and I'm sure Jesus was teaching, you know, uh, you know this whole idea about. Uh, these parables being confusing to those who were not spiritually minded is to lift this off from the realm from the realm of the the agricultural agricultural field to the actual spiritual field, uh, and it's this idea that for a couple of things kind of uh, kind of jump out. First of all, uh, the God is looking at the heart, so externally none of us can tell. Uh, Who's, uh, who's wheat and who's tear? Because some days we, we resemble- We are more tears than we, we are resemble, wheat. Yeah, we resemble <laughs> a lot of different things. Uh, and it's the idea that ultimately it's, it's only until harvest time when our actual identity is defined. Uh, the other piece to this is, and I think Lucy hit on a very powerful in terms of the uprooting, you know, we are people in relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one day, while I may be uh, in full wheat mode over here with you because I like you, uh, I may be very tearish over here with this group. Uh, and, and to the person who's wheat, you know, if we start start pulling out and tugging on the people who look like tares, you're literally uprooting those relationships. And so the person who is uh, very influenceable, the, 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 the immature believer, the new believer, you know, they don't, they're not privy to all the tearish behavior. They only see the, the, the wheat stuff. Uh, and so the, the tearing of those relationships, that, that judgment that we're talking about, actually can do more harm to the body. Uh, and so it, it comes incumbent upon us to really, as you said, to pray, to work together, and as you said, not allow uh, our walk to be about pointing fingers and trying to identify who's weed or who's a tear. Because reality is that uh, we, we, we may think that we're uh, in the wheat bundle, you know, and get surprised at the end ourselves. In the end, yeah. surprise. It's, yeah. uh, I love the fact that uh, you, you pretty much narrowed it down to the aspect of what that final thing is, Pastor Allen, which is God knows our heart. So it's, it's sad 
and it's hurtful when we, uh, and I think that this is something that happens with a lot of people who don't come to church, but tell you that they are believers. Mm -hmm. I believe in Jesus Christ. Oh, what church do you go to? I don't go to church. And why is that? Well, church is full of hypocrites. It's like, well, of course it is. It's also full of murderers and liars, you know, and thieves. And, and the reason why is because that's what church is for. But the, the, where that is coming from is perhaps someone tried pulling them out, mm -hmm. believing that they were tears, you know, calling them out on things without actually getting the background of what was happening because they felt that they're tears. So we need to uproot you, when in reality they were wheat. They were still growing wheat, still maturing wheat. And because they were still maturing, it was simply a very simple, logical answer to just stop going to the place where they keep trying to uproot me by cutting me down. Because let's, let's be honest, where do you want to find the most hurtful people? You will find them in church. It seems that being at times confronted by our sin can either lead us to learning how to be more, more humble in seeking forgiveness and actually saying I'm sorry and living out the, the, the repentance, that 380 turn. Mm -hmm. But it's also the place where you find people who simply want to feel good. They just want to be able to check something off that says I'm a good person. And I go to church every Sunday, 9 to 10. I am there every Sunday. I am a perfect Christian. But 10 to 5, forget it, right? And this is where I like, I like um, comparing church to the gym. Mm -hmm. Do you go to the gym to take a nap? <laughs> You're like, do you go to the gym? <laughs> I mean, would you go to the gym to take a nap? No. no. Why? No. Because there's no beds in a gym, right. right? The gym is made to work your body, to transform your body to something better, faster, healthier, able to lift heavier, move with ease after the soreness goes away. Um, so, no, church is not going to be a place where everybody gets along and they love each other, you know, Stepford wife style. Mm -hmm. That is where you're going to get to practice forgiveness, compassion, grace, mercy. And the reason why that happens is because that is where you're going to have wheat and you're going to have tears. But it is not your place to pick who is which and try to do something about it. Your place is to, one, love your God with everything, and two, love your neighbor which means that if, who's number one enemy right now, because it's not Osama bin Laden anymore, but let's say it was, if he's your neighbor, <laughs> then guess what that means? Love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at uh, verses tw uh, 27 and 28. It's kind of interesting to me because uh, the slaves of the landowners came and said to him, sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tears? And he said to them, the enemy has done this. You know, and I, I think that's a, a great spiritual dialogue for believers with God as we, because some, sometimes in our own frustration, we can become frustrated with, you know, we're, we're in the church, we are these doulos, these slaves, we're, we're serving. And it's not necessarily, you know, trying to lift ourselves up, but we sometimes have to stop and wonder, 
if I could just say it this way, why is there sometimes so much hell in the church? You know, God, is, are these people that believe in the same Jesus that that, 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 that we say we accept as Lord? It must be that? hard for you sometimes yeah. as preaching yeah. that where you're asking God. It's like, I'm watching all of this gossiping and backbiting yeah. happen. Yeah. Lord, am I preaching? But 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 but, but the, the landowner answers him. He says, an enemy has done this. So so be very clear. And But he also the landowner identifies it. But he also does not give the slaves permission to do anything about it. And the reality, and I love that, that we can't chastise people's spiritual. The issue is spiritual. And, there's, and, and while our behavior uh, is maybe, maybe uh, relational based, the reality is it's a spiritual issue. And we, uh, we have enough, uh, as even Matthew 7 talks about, uh, uh, getting the log of your own eye. We have a lot of our own stuff to deal with before we go try to spiritually correct other people. Uh, God has to deal with that. But there is this, this, this piece in here, as I guess, as consolation, that, that God knows uh, who's present in God's king, in what looks like the kingdom, but they are not doulos. They are not slaves. They have not given their spirits over uh, to, to God. They are ruling themselves. And it's actually that, that ruling of themselves amongst the slaves, the servants of God, that creates this friction and this tension. You know, and we work on our own faith and fear and trembling based upon that. You know, we, we need to trust in God that he, he's in control. You know, and, and he knows, only he knows what's in a person's heart. And we don't. It's, it's easy for us to judge. You know, we all, as much as we might deny it, we all do. Um, maybe some are more overt than others, but we all have our preconceived notions in our head. Maybe we're disciplined enough not to s say it out loud, but no, God knows what's in a person's head and in a person's soul. Um, what, what we need to do in spite of all this is that we need to be faithful to God, and we, we be, we're faithful to God by staying in His Word. Uh, we need to be in His Word share his word, plant those seeds, you know, like we talked before, um, and hopefully by the power of the Holy Spirit, working faith in people's hearts, that will, will save them before that ultimate harvest where the tares and the wheat will be separated. And that is God's, that is God's call. In the meantime, we need to be diligent in the word, faithful, um, in the word and faithful in spreading the gospel to others. It's interesting, interesting he says, allow both to grow together until the harvest. The harvest is, uh, is, the, is it says, the indeterminate end time, which kind of lets us know we don't know when the end is. We don't know when someone who, as you said, we don't, in our minds we're labeling as a tear, you know, may, may actually have that actual internal spiritual change you know, and, uh, and, and begin to align themselves, uh, not as a, as a son of, of Satan, but as a son of God. Uh, this, this whole idea about uh, the reapers kind of coming along and deciding a bit under their orders, they, they're able to discern spiritually what it means to follow Jesus Christ. And so uh, I, I, there's always hope because you have, you know, you have until the harvest, you know, and, that's, and so that's, uh, that's great. As we, I think we were talking before about, uh, about family members, friends, whatever. They're not on our clock. They're on, they're on God's harvest clock. 
And so as long as people have breath in their body, as long as they have a heart and a mind to uh, the capacity to repent, uh, there's this hope. And so we have to continue to, to live for Christ and to love for, with, the, with the love of Christ. Uh, and that's really what we talk about the kingdom of God, what it really means, because it's the idea of allowing God to rule in our heart in such a way that we come in line uh, with his will as we serve in the kingdom. It comes with humility. It's once again, I love that image of the wheat and the tares at uh, full harvest time. It's, it's a humility thing that uh, distinguishes you from the world because this world and everything that the world teaches is bottom line, pride. You know, be number one, pull yourself up from the bootstraps, make it to the top of the ladder. Who cares if you step on the little man as long as you make it, top dog, the kid, you know, the boy with the most toys wins. All of that is pride. Mm -hmm. It's pride. And that is something that does not belong in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. It cannot grow in the kingdom of God. It cannot bow to a king. Pride does not allow us to actually bow, uh, to be able to be in a place of repentance, to be in a place of conviction, recognizing that we are sinful and we cannot save ourselves. Therefore, we need a savior and recognize that Jesus Christ is that savior. And it's something that comes with the breaking of a hard heart. Uh, it comes with this Holy Spirit that convicts. It hurts. It's a painful realization when you're face to face with your sinful nature and the realization that you are not only going to hell, but you deserve to go because you worked at it so hard to get there. You did the work. You took the, the shortcuts and now that's where you're heading. But Jesus Christ, but God, in his son, through the Holy Spirit, shows us. You guys ever seen that on the highway, the uh, runaway ramps for the 18-wheelers? Mm -hmm. Yeah? Well, I believe that that's what Jesus is. Mm -hmm. We are on a highway, highway to hell, right? Straight to hell. Good music right there. Mm -hmm. You know, and off-ramp right there to be able to get off that highway that we got ourselves on. Mm -hmm. And we are now able to take the scenic route with Jesus. We are able to slow down. We are able to experience joy and peace. It comes through humility. And it is the humbling of bowing to the lordship of God over our lives. Yes. God decides. I have a six-figure I'm weak, paying job, and God tells me I want you to go to be a missionary in Africa, and you're going to live in a hut and sleep on the ground. And, uh, yeah, you're going to have to sell your BMW and your five-room house. And, boy, does that hurt. Why? Because there's pride in the fact that you work hard for that. But when we love God because he first loved us, then we humble ourselves and we give it all up to him. Amen. Well, thank you once again for joining us for another podcast with uh, Forward Through Faith and the Isleta Lutheran Mission. We're here every week with a new podcast. Um, we are studying and focusing on the parables of Jesus and what is the kingdom of God. 
So thank you, Luce. Thank you, Pastor Allen. Um, would you like to close us in prayer? Sure, certainly. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come together uh, saying thank you for this word. We bless you, O oh God, for the privilege of, of being in your kingdom. We pray, O oh God, that as you uh, look deep into us, O oh God, that you might uh, see us as we, O oh God. And Father, even those moments, O oh God, when, uh, when our behavior looks more terrorist, O oh God, that your mercy and your grace will still abound. We pray, O oh God, for those who have heard our discussion uh, in a very real way, Father God, know that you've placed a calling upon their heart and mind, O oh God, to, to walk in change, to walk in a new life uh, that's more reflective of the God who's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We pray, O oh God, you continue to show your glory upon East Letter Lutheran Mission. Continue, O oh God, to bless St. Pablo Church, O oh God, in a powerful way, O oh God, continue to lift us up that we might be all you've called us to be throughout this country. We thank you, we honor you, bless you, God, and we praise you in advance. Father, this word will go out, touch your heart, and keep your wheat growing in your field. Until the harvest time, we do pray. Amen. 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 To keep learning more about God's word, join us at San Pablo Lutheran Church, located at 301 South Chutes in El Paso, Texas. Or call us at 915-858-2588. To learn more about our ministries, visit our website, www.ylm.org.